how long will it take to get in shape? How long do I need before my diet goes back to what I was eating before? How long until I look like you? Short-minded, short-sighted, short-term results. You see, this is what the health and fitness space is full of. Evolved men and women don't ask these questions, though. Evolved men and women learn that they progress by creating repeatable habits, and they never stop challenging themselves. I've said it for years that today's guest is the most creative trainer in the entire United States. And I believe that creativity is what keeps him and his clients going year after year. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast. Evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul, and evolve your tribe. And now it's time to disrupt. And with that, folks, we want to welcome you to another episode of the Evolve Podcast. Joining me with a brand new hip from Oberlin, Ohio, is the most interesting man that I know. W. Miles Riley. Welcome, Miles. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. You now, let's, are let's the bionic man our, today, right? Do, just get to our guests. Just just, just introduce our guests. He's, <laughs> he's been a tough one to get why. on because he's so busy and he is all over the place. I mean, literally all over the world. You'll see this guy doing uh, yoga on a beach, climbing up trees and knocking down coconuts. I mean, and then when he gets the coconuts, he just tears them open and does push-ups from it. Like, it's just unbelievable what this guy does. We are really fortunate today to be joined by Serba Tucker. Uh, Serba is a widely recognized fitness professional, uh, spokesman and model who has trained a wide array of athletes from the NFL, Major League Baseball, professional golfers, Ironman competitors, NCAA basketball players, and high school sports competitors. Serba pays close attention to the specific nutrient requirements, caloric intake, and expenditure uh, for each client, and Serba places a significant focus on improving core strength for the basis for achieving his client's goals. Serba also prides himself on creating challenging, unique, and intense fitness programs for his clients. He trains clients for everyday life functionality as well as their physical and mental challenges that they wish to conquer. Serba Tucker, what an honor it is to have you joining us on the Evolve podcast. Welcome. It sure is. Thank you, gentlemen. I love both of you. I've shared space with you for decades. Yes, and it's decades a privilege to point. be here. Decades. So it it's a is, privilege to be here. We are so lucky to have you. What what did we not put into this bio? Because I mean, there is so much that we could say. But I almost feel like that your bio is better seen than sh than said. If people see you work out, they understand, or they see you train, they understand yeah. what you do. But it is so hard to describe. What what did we miss in that bio, though, Serba? The basis of everything that I do is play. So we can go hard all we want. We can be purposeful, but if the core belief system is that if we're just playing we're having fun nothing is difficult yeah. i always go back to that that childhood uh seven-year-old self that had zero cares in the world that wanted to climb trees knock down those coconuts grab the mangoes the papayas you name it and if i failed and didn't didn't get all the way up the tree i did it again there was no concern about what people thought if I go back to that seven-year-old self, everything I do is about play. And then so, the, the possibilities open up. The possibilities become infinite when you're playing. They're infinite. They're infinite. Yeah. Because, you know, I know you both have kids. One of the greatest things is when they show you something they've done and they're like, dad, look at this. Look, hey, let's go, let's go do this. And the joy that's created in that space is it's embedded. It's embedded in their heads, their brains, their minds, and in everything that they do. So once I understood that years ago, that adults go to a gym to work out, if I could change that mindset and have it be a playground, mm -hmm. then they would love to come and see me. They, they have butterflies because the anticipation is like, what is this fool going to have me do today? <laughs> right? <laughs> And that's really yeah. what your workouts and, and how you take people through workouts uh, look like. They look like play. And I think for yeah. our listeners, it's probably uh, important for them to pause for a second and to take themselves back. You know, I, as parents, we can look at it and say, well, I, I, I know what it's like to watch my kids play when they were younger. But as, a, as an adult, 
we forget what that felt like. I mean, I, I remember yeah. as, as a kid, whatever it was that I was playing. I mean, I grew up in the 80s, and so uh, Star Wars and all of those things, Transformers. Like, I never got self-conscious of playing with my Transformers or my no. Star Wars or even just you know, going out and shooting hoops in the front yard or playing stickball uh, on the street, right? These were never things that we were self-conscious about. And we never really, it, it never felt like work, but we forget that. And at a certain uh, point, we decide that we want to, we have to grow up and now we have to go to work. Everything has to be work. Talk about how you have um, in your own personal life shifted this idea of a workout to more of a play system. Wait, before um, he goes on, before he okay. goes, I want him to answer the question. He's got to answer that question. Okay. But it was interesting. A second ago, you said about shooting hoops. Let me give our guests a little taste of Serbaism. Serba sent me a video oh, of him hanging upside down. I love this. Throwing the ball off the wall, and it went in. Yep. Bam. All right? Because right. shooting hoops is fun and this and that. Only Serba would say, huh. How do I redefine this? Let me hang upside down yeah. and throw the ball off the wall. Yeah. And hit it. And that's who we're talking to today. Now you can answer this question. <laughs> and maybe later we'll get into the into the competitive back and forth that you guys had uh with Absolutely. shooting hoops. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Miles is from New York, so we know how New Yorkers operate. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of chit chat that comes with New Yorkers. Oh, that's a good uh, way to describe it. Chit chat. Yeah, <laughs> chit chat. <laughs> There's a whole lot of chit chat. A whole lot of chit chat. Um, so I always believe that if you take yourself too seriously, it's really the impetus for going wrong in every aspect of your life. Wow. So I don't take myself too seriously. For instance, um, it's, it's February. Gyms are packed and they're full of people who have no gym etiquette, um, who just take up space, but they're starting their journey. So often I'll walk into a gym space and I have numerous gym memberships. And because I have play in mind, regardless of what the environment is, I'm not going to get upset because something that I intended to play with isn't available. Mm. I'll just create. I simply create with the environment that I'm dealt with. Um, I add structure to play though. Let's just, let's just be frank and transparent. I don't, I don't just go into uh, my playgrounds and say, eh, let me just do this today. No, I always have a plan. Okay. Some sort of structure that I'm working towards. If it's uh, trail running season, I know that I need to get my heart rate up and do multiple joint exercises that are functional. Um, if I have um, tight calves, I may not work on jumping that day. I may work on other things. I always have a plan with an end goal in mind. So the play is fun, but it's always structured. Mm. And understanding that, that I have an end goal, regardless of what is available to me, I'm always going to be in play mode. I love that. I know that you you also name some of your workouts. I know that uh, like in the past, you've, you've named Armageddon. There's that's your oh, arm yes. day. And I've seen you do some of the most creative arm exercises that I would have never thought of. Right. I, I want to I want to kick back to a few years ago. One of the questions that I asked you, I know a long time ago, is I said, how do you do this? Like you, you are so creative with how you come up with your play and this whole idea of Armageddon. I, I can't even remember what it was that you had done on one of these workouts that I was looking at. I thought, oh, my gosh, I would have never thought about using that combination of things as an arm workout. But I would imagine you get a, an incredible pump from doing that or an incredible strength or whatever. Talk about the creativity that you have. So there is structure, but then where does the creativity play into this? Because you are incredibly creative with the stuff you come up with. So I, I think in, in this fitness field, you have to have the science behind it, right? Yeah. You got to understand where the energy comes from and where the uh, caloric intake comes from and how to how to produce those results. But within those boundaries is a space that's artistic. Mm. Okay? And there are people in our industry who just follow, you know, line one, line two, okay, it says to do this next. Well, often 
in my early career, I followed those like, oh man, I, I gotta do this. This person has tight hip flexors, so we're gonna work on their, their low back, their psoas. And then I realized I would make a plan as a, as a personal trainer, I would make a plan structured for that client's needs and they would present at 7 a.m. and they're exhausted because they had a night shift, you know, uh, schedule and they mm -hmm. hadn't slept. So I had to throw it out. So early on in my career, I was forced to actually deal with the reality of clients' lives aren't necessarily structured. And I needed to become creative. Um, if they were injured, I needed to figure out a way, okay, they're in a walking boot. How do we work lights? Mm. Um, so I, I'm able to access the creative space that I, I think I'm just, it's a natural God-given gift that I can see what the end goal needs to be and let's paint, you know? Miles is an artist, he, you know, he's a musician. And there are times where you just have to go on a solo and you get to play whatever comes, comes into your space. And that's what I do is I access the science that I know with that creative artistic side that is always been cre like it's, it's always, it's in my DNA. It's just how it is. I love that. I and love the fact be, that it's you flexible. You have to be present to do that. Yes. yes. You have to be yeah. present. That's one of the key things is it, it's almost as if you're, you're snatching from some creative field that you're totally present to and it's intuition and inspiration and you have to be present-minded to do that yeah I like so, that intuition piece let, let me let me quote something i i've been i i wasn't always a voracious reader but in the last year um actually it's going to be just in the last seven months i listen to via audiobooks a book every 20 40 24 to 48 hours wow so in the last seven seven months i have no nine months now I've finished 125 books. Wow. The top book in, in, in relation to what we're talking about, there's a book by Stephen Kotler called Stealing Fire. Okay. And he, I know that book. Have you guys read Stealing Fire? No, I'm I haven't. Stealing Fire. I'm writing so that Kotler, down. Kotler writes Art of the Impossible, Stealing Fire, and he's got a new book coming out called Nar Country, as in like gnarly. Um, and what he... His entire research is about performance and stealing fire. Fire is the source of energy, right? It's how do we enhance our performance? And he in Stealing Fire discusses um, uh, use of psychedelics and things like that, that SEALs, Navy SEALs, artists, Silicon Valley folks, when they create and innovate, and create flow, it, um, it's exponential growth that is resulting in, in all of their areas of their life and um, in their businesses. So I don't do psychedelics, but what I'm interested in is how do we train the brain to enhance its performance every single day? So for me, that's through play, that's through focus, that's through connection, um, you know, We've all been in situations as people in the fitness industry where you've noticed someone who is working with a client and they are not paying attention to anything that's going on. Yeah. All they're yeah. looking at is that girl with the big butt or the, the chest or whatever, right? And there's no connection. Yep. I only did that once, sir. <laughs> only listen, you make the mistake once. You make it once. And then if you're called out on it, you realize, hey, listen. If I'm here to serve this other human being, I need to pay attention to everything. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. When I first began, and I think I've been in the industry like 20 years, um, I was so connected. I took it personal if a client cried, um, if they, if they um, got mad, if they um, were unhappy. Then I, I broke a code. I, real, I realized there's a code in muscles. Muscles release trauma when they're put under pressure. Yeah. And there's three responses. People cry when they're under pressure. They laugh when they're under pressure. And those, those people are crazy. And <laughs> they are. 
If you're <laughs> crying awesome. when you're getting tortured, there's a problem. We got to deal with it. And, okay. and the other piece is they'll get mad. So when I realized that I was so connected that I took it personal, I needed to step away and disconnect and just observe them and realize how I needed to push people. But I get connected with everyone that's in my space. That's, that's probably my superpower is I create connection. You're very good at, at staying present. And I agree that um, I, that is probably your superpower that leads to many other superpowers, because as Miles mentioned before, that that being present allows you to create within that moment. Um, I think just like the other day when I ran into you at the gym, you are you come face to face and, and you are completely present in every conversation. Every time yes. we've chatted, it's heart to heart, eye to eye. Like yes. we're just like we are right there. And that's a very rare thing in society today. It's extremely right. rare for people to be totally connected and present in that particular moment. I want to talk about that relative to time because mm -hmm. far too often people think that they don't have the time to be present. They don't think they have the time to read books. They don't think they have the time to train or the time to prep their food. Um, you master your time pretty well uh, from my perspective. Yes. Talk, talk yes. about what you do to manage your time so that you can be present in that moment so that you can be, uh, you can get the workouts in, you can eat well. What, what are, what are you doing to manage time? Um, number one is I schedule it. So everyone says they're busy, right? Yep. Um, I may blow your minds here. I sleep four hours total a night. Yeah. So that means I have 20 hours to be productive in my day or my night or whatever that is. Um, recently did some research and I'm what's considered a short sleeper, which means that there is a genetic, I'm not going to call it a defect, but they found two DNA strands that identify people as short sleepers, which means we sleep 4.1 to 6.2 hours a night. We fall into REM and deep REM immediately and wake up with or without an alarm after 4.1 or 6.2 hours. Wow. So I take full advantage of the 20 odd hours in my day. I utilize um, my, my phone scheduling capabilities and I quite literally have every minute of my day scheduled from the time that I wake up till I shut it down at about 8.30 when I start to fall asleep. Okay. Um, but I also prioritize, you know, one of, one of the best examples I can give you as be, being able to be successful in the start of your day is no one owns the first hour of my day other than me. Mm. I know, Steve, I know that's something that you, you follow as well, yeah, which time. means that my day starts with meditation. It starts with, well, one, it started with before I, I went to bed. I have an intention before I go to bed on something that I want to work on or think about or solve. Um, and I do that while I'm sleeping. So I consciously sleep. I don't unconsciously sleep. I sleep on purpose. I dream on purpose. I, um, I have clear vision of what I want the next day to be like in the, in the time before I went to bed. It means that my supplements are laid out. My water bottles are laid out for the next day. My food is prepared. Um, my schedule, knowing what each client's going to be working on, that's laid out. The calls that I need to make, the texts that I need to send are all in my notes on a to-do list for that day. There's structure in every minute in that, in the time that I'm working, uh, 12 or 13 hours that I'm seeing clients, every minute is accounted for. Talk about the conscious sleep piece. I know this is something that um, it, it is not happening for a lot of people. I mean, a lot yeah. of people struggle with sleep. And right. I started some time ago doing the same uh, type of practice where I would go to sleep with a with an intention, with a focus. Uh, there's a routine that I go through at night, not just to you know put myself to sleep, but to uh, focus so that when I do go to sleep, there's something speaking to my soul. And whether it's a problem or a uh, that I'm trying to solve a solution that I'm trying to create, whatever it is, there's a conscious sleep. What what does your process look like? So to to begin with, I have a circadian rhythm that I've established. 
So my bedtime is the same at every every day, and my wake time is the same at every day. So mm-hmm. I have a I have an eight eight p.m. alarm that allow that advises me that it's time for bed in thirty minutes. Gotcha. So in that thirty minutes, I'm winding down. The phone gets put down. There's no blue light. Um, I'm generally listening to an audiobook. So that has my brain slowed down. Um, I have a journal that I'm keeping that I start writing. You know, I'm old school, so I write down a lot. And once I've written it down, it's in my head. I, I never forget it. If it's if it's floating out there somewhere in the universe, you know we're gonna forget, right? Yep. Yep. So I've established a routine prior to going to bed that I disconnect um, from the phone. I don't answer texts. I don't um, reply to emails. I am in a state of it's serve time. Um, then knowing what my day or the next couple of days look like, I have usually follow up or I have some sort of creative um, responsibility that I need to attend to. Um, I'm partners in four different businesses right now, which means that my input, creativity, innovation is on full alert at all times. Mm-hmm. So I manage at one time, I, I manage one of those businesses throughout my day many times. So I always have an intention that I'm working on to solve an issue or to create contact, to make connections. So I go to bed with those things. And if you are sleeping consciously, it means that you're able to fall into REM sleep. You're able to fall into recovery. You're able to fall into a dream state very quickly. And we know that you vacillate between REM and deep deep REM multiple times in a sleep cycle. Right. So I utilize technology, the Whoop app, um, about two years ago to understand what my sleep cycles were. And I realized that I would wake up due to environmental noises or my dog um, at certain times of the night. So I resolved those issues. I took my dog out to go potty before we went to bed. So therefore he wouldn't wake up and shake and I would hear that and it would ruin my sleep cycle. Also, it was too warm in my house. So the the, uh, furnace would go on or it would go off and I would hear it. So I resolved those environmental issues and now my sleep is uninterrupted. I can be in this dream state fully and then fall into the recovery state all the information that I don't need, my brain says, okay, we'll file that somewhere else. We'll keep this. I don't interrupt those dream and, and sleep and, and, and recovery states. Now, that takes two hours. I generally wake up two hours after that feeling fully refreshed. And because I'm in a very creative space, I'm consciously sleeping, I'll wake up and I'll do work whatever it is I've been dreaming about or whatever it is that I'm working on, I actually start doing work. And that could be I'm updating a social media page or I'm uh, sending, typing out a text, but not sending, Mm. right? You can type it out, but not send it. Um, Type out emails, not send it. So they're, they're gonna get done later. I fall back asleep after about an hour or two and sleep for another two hours and go through the same recovery and dream state, wake up two hours later, and I am fully refreshed. That's amazing. It's it, And it goes against what a lot of people's standard cycle Absolutely. is, right? right? But okay, it works for you. And that's and I found the same type well, of thing. Yeah, go ahead. Steve, people, people are unhealthy. Yes. So when you're unhealthy, yeah. <laughs> if you go to a hospital, if you go to a hospital, no one's running around like me. They're right. sleeping, right? Yes. They're recovering. Yeah. Yep. So I'm not in those sleep studies. They don't ask a guy that's got 9% body fat, that's almost 50 years old, that has 0.2 pounds of um, cerebral fat to be in a study. Right. They want right. unhealthy people, right? So already I'm an outlier. Yep. And that's okay. That's perfectly, I, I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be average. I don't use those words. So 
we re, we are told you need eight to ten hours because you lose X number of years of your life if you don't sleep. Well, that's a norm, okay? And I don't require, and I've never required more than four to six hours each night. If you forced me to lie in bed, I would lose my mind. Yeah, I can't sit there. I've got to be working on something. I've got to be reading. I've got to be planning. I'm a mover. I have end goals. They need to get accomplished. They need to get executed. I think there's so much to unpack there. Yeah, think about the narrative that sets up with people. You know, all of a sudden you tell them, well, you're supposed to get seven to eight hours of sleep. And, and if you don't, you feel like something's wrong with you instead yep. of having the ability yep. to investigate, okay, what do I really need? You said something really interesting when you were talking about the sleep of paying attention to your environment, yes. making sure your dog goes to the bathroom so that he doesn't wake you up, making yes. sure the fireplace. And <clears throat> oftentimes when I hear people say, Oh, I don't sleep that good. And I ask, what are you doing about it? And they just say, I don't sleep too good. Yeah. So they don't know how to be present enough to manipulate their environment. Yeah. Try going to bed at the same time every day. Try stop taking a shower and submerge yourself. Yes. Try different things. Try put on some meditative music, but people just accept, I don't sleep good. Yep. Yes. And then you add to the that the narrative of, you should be getting seven, eight hours of sleep. Psychologically, that must really wreck people. So now they're deeper into the hole. Well, I just give up. I can't sleep. And maybe you are that small percentage of people who only need four hours of sleep. Yeah. But let, let's let's unpack that a little bit more. I don't Netflix and chill to relax. Yes. Okay? That's a yeah. stimulant. Totally I don't. And that's not part of my lifestyle. Yeah. Right. I, I utilize audiobooks to have my brain in a creative space, and then I can, I can turn it off. You, you said, um, white, you referred to white noise. If my brain is busy, I'll put on sounds of wave cra waves crashing to right. slow my brain down. Your circadian rhythm, you must know what it is. You must know when the time is in your day that you start to fall asleep, and that has to be the same every day. Yep. The time you wake up has to be the same. I don't care if your first appointment is at nine, wake up at six. Give yourself your first hour. But what we do is because we don't have a circadian rhythm, we don't set up our environment to allow sleep to happen quickly. Mm -hmm. We don't fall, we say we need seven or eight, but quite literally we may only get five because those two hours are spent counting sheep or thinking, of, thinking and worried about things you can't control. I don't allow that into my space. I know I can't control my externals. I can only control my internal. So I don't worry about things I can't control and I'm able to fall asleep on purpose. Yeah, I love that. And and this this whole idea of you know, not just going along with what is out there, what people say, yeah. but actually testing these things out. There are there are standard principles of go to bed at the same time, get up at the same time. Uh, colder rooms, you tend to sleep better. I mean, there's yeah. there's some science out there that these principles uh, work, but what is that for every person? There there is no standard, right? Yeah. And I think that what's happened, especially in America, is we we love to talk about science. We love to you know report on what the latest study has told us. But then when you look at the study, it was probably done in a very short period of time on a bunch of people who are extremely unhealthy. Yes. And that, that does nothing to educate what optimal is. I lived in this, um, what yeah, Andrew Huberman uh, coined the term, I think it was like sleep stress or something like that. Um, sleep anxiety is what he called it. Yeah. And I lived it with sleep anxiety for a long time because I, I felt like that I was supposed to get more sleep. I don't need more than about five or six hours. I'm not as low uh, to that four hour space as what you are, but I, I need about five or six. If I'm in that range, I'm pretty good. And it really depends on, you know, if I'm hitting my rhythm the way that I need to. If I go to bed later for some reason, then um, it, it affects me. But then the next day I'm fine testing things out and literally keeping a journal doing these habits that that make you feel great um i mean what an amazing life i, I we started the episode um with this concept of 
you know, how long do I need to do this? Because that's something that we all hear for so much in the, in the health and fitness industry. How long do I need to, to sleep like this? How long do I need to stay on this diet until I look good? And then can I go back to my old ways, right? That's not what it's about. It's about you as a human being are built with light and energy. And how do you tap into that? How do you get to the deepest part of your soul so that you can bring that out and manifest the ultimate evolution of who you are. I, sir, but this has been an ongoing um, experiment of sorts for you, uh, you know, figuring out what works for you and your body and your soul. How did you get on this path? What did that look like for you? Man, you know, you know how change happens, right? It happens when we fall deep. Yeah. Mm. When, we, when we're in a dark space and things haven't worked out, yeah. We're forced to make a change and do things different because the antithesis is just insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So I think in my as I've progressed emotionally, man, I think I was a narcissistic, selfish, um, look at me individual 20 plus years ago. And I think I went through a failed relationship and realized, man, I don't have to live into this uh, misogynistic, uh, narcissistic uh, mentality. And I needed to make a change. So I started reading. I started doing work. I started doing research. I looked at generational dysfunction in my family. Mm. I looked at, um, I started to question if I had fears, what? were the sources of those and when did i decide that i couldn't do something or when did i decide that i wasn't worthy of love i wasn't worthy of something so it took introspection but it took being in a dark place to um to understand it now i suffer from seasonal affective disorder so that means that i have sad it's you know that the winter blues okay? yeah yeah for many years I would hibernate. You guys wouldn't see me in the gym from October till like February. Mm, I remember that. Right. Yeah. My friends would call me. I wouldn't answer the phone. Mm. Um, and I needed to unpack what the heck was going on. So about five years ago, I changed my eating habits. I stopped eating meat. Um, I eat only plants. Uh, I drink a gallon to two gallons of water a day. I eat, I'm what's referred to as an OMAD, one meal a day. Mm -hmm. So I fast for 23 to, um, with variance, 23 to 30 hours a day. There are days that I eat at five. There are days that I eat at, at 11 p.m. at night if I wake up and eat. Mm -hmm. um, there are days I don't eat and I'll fast for 24. Um, I needed to change my gut health which impacted my allergies or lack thereof. I don't have any more. Um, my sinus issues, I don't have any more. Um, my immunity, I never got COVID. I don't get the flu. I don't get sick. I don't get colds. Um, it, it assisted with my mental health. So what I'm saying is it took falling deep in the dark waters and realizing that I needed to swim and get out. And that re required that I research what was happening to my body. And then I reached out to friends and made connection because connection probably is the greatest key to our health and wellness. Yeah. Isn't it that. ironic that in the darkness, in the darkness, the depths of darkness is the light? The yeah. light, man. Yeah. You know, there can't be light if there's if, if there's no darkness, there can't be light. I know. There's got to be darkness for light. Greater the light, greater yeah. the shadow. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a so, famous line in the movie Wall Street. <clears throat> Charlie Sheen walks back to the office and Hal Holbrook walks up to him. He said, Bud, I like you. He said, Bud, man stares into the abyss. And when nothing stares back at him, it's when he finds himself. That's, that's fact. That is yeah. fact, Miles. <laughs> 
it is in those darker times that we tend to find ourselves because we we reach that point where we look around the darkness is there and uh then there's the beam of light that we see that starts to pull us out and you know we can't do that on our own we have to do that through connection and i know that that's been one of the crucial pieces to how you live your life um, in fact, I saw you were doing some sort of glute workout the other day with uh, uh, Shelby Castleton, who was on uh, yes. episode 52 of the Evolve podcast, yes. uh, the queen of glutes. I mean, yes. the, it, she is an inspiration uh, and you were doing a, work, a glute workout with her. Uh, but talk a little bit about how you set up your health and fitness, because it's not just a matter of this, you know, it's cool, creative, whatever. Like you've got this tribal mentality. Yes. when it comes to fitness and not just what you do in the gym but then where you go on vacation and how you're going to move when you're on vacation walk our listeners through your thought process there because i just i i love it i absolutely i've stolen parts of it that i utilize with my my family and my friends um so i'd love for our listeners to hear how you think through the whole workout and and that tribal mentality what I've discovered is that we can accomplish so much more in groups than we can solo. And what, what really exacerbated that process or sped it up for me was COVID. During COVID, we, we, we did not have access to each other. Yeah. We could not connect. We couldn't go outside, you know, cause we're afraid of each other. Right. Um, and what I created, I think in April of 2020 was what I called a fit tribe. <laughs> you, you use the word tribe. I, I yeah. create multiple tribes based on my passions. So I have 150 people in my fit tribe and we would go on scheduled biweekly hikes to waterfalls, to peaks, summits in, in, in Utah. And we would conduct what I call trail therapy. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you're going through. My gosh, I haven't seen you in such a long time. How are you dealing with this lack of connection? And quite literally um, created the space for people to connect with each other. And that has allowed me, once, once that became cemented, I now, I have a fitness tribe. I have a running tribe. I have, I have a business tribe. I have other entrepreneur, entrepreneurs that I connect with and then put in contact with each other because like Gladwell says, um, I am a connector. Malcolm Gladwell yeah. yes. in Tipping Point Tipping says, point. Yeah. There's, there's certain kinds of people. I'm that guy you meet on a plane. I'm gonna remember your birthday and send you a birthday card. Yeah. And if you need a plumber, I know a guy. So I utilize those resources and connect people because we all wanna be needed and we wanna be, we wanna feel like we're loved. So all the passions that I have. And if I listed all the things that I do, it's a never ending list. I love to challenge, to play, and I love to have people on the bus with me doing those things. Years ago, I rode a motorcycle, a proverbial motorcycle. Now I drive a bus. So before I wanted to do things solo, I was selfish. Now I want the biggest double-decker bus there is. And I want everyone to get on it. It's a and sleeper bus play. too. Yeah. It's a sleeper bus. You know, Make a nap you never if you have want. to get off. Of yeah, you just you stay right there. Yeah. So I'll I mean, my my glute tribe is a bunch of ladies that, you know, want to work on developing glutes. So Shelby and I, who's a, a peer of mine, I said, listen, I've got a group, you've got a group, let's put them together and we'll create from that space. And she's quite literally the queen of glutes. I don't need to lead. She designs it. I bring my crew and we play. That's awesome. Um, I have, a, I have a, a group of runners that I run with every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. We've run in six degrees. We ran in 33 degrees on Sunday. We run in snow. We run in hail. We, the weather does not matter. We're, we're dedicated to run. We're going to run rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. We're running a relay race um, in July. We're running Cirque Series. We have goals. So weather does not delay, doesn't interrupt. We're purposeful. Um, I have one of my businesses that I'm working on with a, a business partner. Is, it's called Relationships on Fire. It's a model of, of relationship how, 
designed to enhance couples in their development and their vision and where they want to go. We use pillars to kind of curate what their next year, five months, two months, next day looks like. Mm -hmm. And because relationships matter to me, I'm part of that podcast and that business. I have a mental health business that I work on with another business partner where we quite literally do trail therapy. Because if you're outside in nature, you're this big. Yes. So you get some, yeah. you, get you get gratitude, you get humility, and you realize that whatever problems that you're dealing with really aren't that bad. Mm -hmm. They're not that bad. So um, I essentially curate my life around these tribal groups that are all based on connection. It's not going to the bar. It's not just going and hanging out at a, at a, at a game, going to sports, right? Uh, not that, you know, those things are, I guess, always bad, but you have created a, a, a tribal feel and you've created a life that revolves around health and fitness in a way that is attractive. It's, it's alluring. It's connective. It's, it, it's something I think is enviable for people. And yet there are going to be some people that might be listening to this podcast while they're driving to or from work. There may be people that listen to this episode while they're working out and they're doing it on the elliptical all by themselves. And they're thinking, oh, I'm so sad. I'm so, you know, I'm overweight. And yeah. that point that you just made of these different tribes and how you've structured this, it simply is just a matter of reaching out and finding some people that you can be connected to, right? Simple. It's quite simple. What do you need? Like, listen, we're, I have a Tuesday, 1 p.m. play group. We meet at a CrossFit gym, and we write on the board five exercises and repeat three or four rounds. It's play. Yeah. It's our Picasso opportunity, our creative outlet, and we simply play. It's not to punish, not to suffer. It's simply play. But what it means is you need to get out of your comfort zone and talk to other human beings. Hey, listen, I've got this goal. Yes. It seems like you have the same goal. Hey, I see you at the gym all the time. Let's be friends. Steve, it's like we, we did as kids. We're on a playground. Hey, you want to play with me? Yep. Yep. Yeah, let's play. Simple. It's that simple. But what we often do is get into our own heads and say, well, Steve doesn't like me. You know, he didn't make eye contact with me. So he, you know, he doesn't like me. Um, well, uh, he, you walk into the gym and you create stories or you walk into any space. And what we do is we create stories that we think people are thinking. And that is not real. Yeah. So I lead every space that I go into. I lead with a smile. And each of you know because you see me, I'm always smiling. Miles, you know this. I do. And if you lead with a smile, you give people zero opportunity other than smiling right back at you. And that creates an openness, a space for them to come towards you. And then you can make the connection. So I'm, I'm kind of like a, in sales, I'm always closing the deal. So for me, closing the deal is making the connection. Yeah. Okay. And that starts with, Steve, I love that black shirt that you're wearing. Where did you get it? You know, compliment people. They want to feel good. Yep. And then that creates the opening for you to make connection. I think I, I want to make sure we in, introduce the elephant in the room, though, because a lot of people don't get into uh, the multiple activities that you're talking about because they mm -hmm. tell themselves a story. They tell themselves, I'm not right. good at that. Right. I mean, right. you, you bike, you run, you ski, you snowboard, you yes. surf, you uh, yes. do yoga. You got into acro yoga. You, you've done yes. so many different things. You, and, and in a minute, we'll talk a little bit more about the competition between you and miles uh, shooting these crazy shots from all over the place in basketball. That wasn't but, a competition. That wasn't competition. That, that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Right. Yeah. That was, that was, that wasn't. But the elephant in the room is really that people don't try. They just, they, they tell themselves a narrative. They say, well, I'm not a basketball player. I'm not a, I'm not a cyclist. I'm not a skier. Oh, I'm this age and I can't do that. Or I'm, you know, this, whatever. They, there's a story that they tell. How do you get people over that? You've obviously gotten over that. And I think you are probably the best example I know. 
at someone uh, as someone who has gotten over those stories to just jump in and try things and just to go do it. But how do you help people, Serba, to get over that narrative? One of, one of the best ways to do it, and both of you I know have implemented this in your, your personal lives. I have my clients close their eyes and envision their body doing whatever it is, that story that they've created, that's the antithesis. Mm. So if we need to jump on a plyo box, and this is when we can all, like we've experienced, right? That client yeah. that, oh, I, I, I can't. No, 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 close your eyes, see yourself jumping on that box. Because once we've created in that mind, we've seen it, the muscles just follow. Yep. So I, I have two friends that are learning to ski and I'm teaching them to ski. So I, I take them to a, a basic, a learner portion of the ski resort and we just play, you know, try this, do this, see if it works. I video, we watch it. And once the success has been built, we build upon it. So my advice to any and everyone, let me use another, another example in my life. I've uh, recently um, understood that cold is actually my friend. Yeah. Okay. I used to be a complete and like antagonist to cold. I love 110 degrees. I love heat, humidity. But when the temperatures dropped below 50, I disappeared. No longer the case. I made a deal with myself. I'm going to work outside, play outside for at least five minutes. So I did that. Then it was 10 minutes. Then it was 20 minutes. And now I can play in pretty sub Arctic temperatures, five, six degrees, blowing snow, doesn't matter to me, um, or 35. And it has strengthened my mind. It has enhanced my neurotransmitters. It has given me dopamine rush, endorphins, all of those things in a daily basis. Sometimes I do it twice a day. Um, I've broken a code to living a better life by attacking something that previously controlled my life. So I went from living for nine months of a year to now I live 12 months. I'm fully expressed, fully engaged, and I bring other people into the, into the fray every single day. Someone joins me outside every day. And it's yeah, the greatest awesome. thing in the world because I change lives. So my advice is the best way to enhance your life, to do things you never thought you could do before, is simply take the first step. Just try it. <laughs> what if you fail? Who cares? What if Miles misses the shot? You know, probably going to happen. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter. You know? Oh, what a great I, dig. <laughs> hey, there's all a YouTube all love. There's a YouTube video that was circulating years ago, and it pops up every once in a while if you guys have seen it. It's um, shot down on the side of a mountain. I guess there's a musical concert going on, and one guy starts to dance. Yeah, really oh, yeah. nutty. Blessing yes, of the yes, first yes, follower. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and then the first yep. follower comes up, and at the end of the video, everybody's dancing. Yeah. Yes. Yep. One of my favorites. That's when when you start. Because this people are always asking for permission. Right, right. It's the famous story of breaking the four-minute mile. It wasn't the person who broke the four-minute mile. It was a year later, 80 people broke it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the 80 people were given permission. Yes. And, and that's basically what we're talking about. You start, and there will be people that will follow. Yeah, but Miles, you're alluding to this. Give yourself permission. Right, right, right. Give right. yourself. Right. And that right. means, Steve, that also means that, like, you may fail. So what? Yep. Right. So what? You may fall. Get up. Who cares? So yep. in play, you know, we started with this conversation. In play, there's no win. When you yeah. play, you really <clears throat> are just living in joy and you're fully expressed. So if the intention is to play, then who cares if you don't achieve the end goal? If the painting looks terrible, doesn't matter. Perspective yeah. is everything. You paint it, you expressed, 
you right. lived fully. That's it. There's a there's mm -hmm. a famous chef named Massimo Batura. Yep. He's Love a him. Michelin rated chef. Uh -huh. And one day they were creating a dessert. It was a cookie and they created the dessert. Oh, I love this and story. one of the waiters accidentally broke the cookie. Right. And instead of cleaning it up, Massimo looked at it and said, we are going to serve a broken cookie. <laughs> and the broken cookie became this classic dessert right. <laughs> yeah. out of somebody breaking the cookie by accident. Listen, it's your best self and we're all broken, right? I mean, that broken cookie is a masterpiece. Yeah. So essentially, we're all our own masterpieces. Right. But what we're looking for is something that's unattainable, and that's perfection, right? right. So yeah. if we stop at trying to achieve perfection, we can really be our best selves. Yeah. Most of the great creations of the world are created by mistake, right? I mean, you think of yeah. um, yes. rubber, Teflon. Uh, Wheaties, like all of these things. If you go back through and you look at history of all the things that were invented, uh, that were that happened by mistake, that's that, that that's the reality. And our lives yeah. are the same way. And I love, Serba, how you talk about that. Really, when you play, it doesn't matter. There is no winning or losing, and you are going to fail during play. And so that's okay. That's an important part of this: is that you just get out there and you start to play, and you have fun with it. And you Steve, find, I oftentimes you find with these mistakes, these screw-ups or whatever, yeah. if you listen carefully to yourself, that is your original voice. That is yeah. your yeah. genuine self. Yes. To chase I, perfection is chasing something else. But we, and, and perfection as an ideal, as a soft ideal, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. As long as you recognize when you don't achieve that perfection, you are really close to your originality mm -hmm. and you're really close to your genuineness. I'll, I'll, I, I record a lot <laughs> of my content and my <laughs> when I fail, I laugh. Yeah. yeah. I laugh. So you're one of the crazy Which ones means... then is what you said. It's either cry, laugh, or yeah. do you get mad you're one of the crazies? I'm one of the crazies and I'm yeah, okay with good. it. Yeah, I'm good. not in the norm, <laughs> but I laugh. I laugh. Now we know, now we yeah, know, but good, I good. quite literally laugh at myself because it's joyful sometimes to fail because it's simply Absolutely. an opportunity to do it again. Yeah. Let's do it again. Right. I, I do the same thing and I, I love it. It's, it's a lot of fun. I want to go back for just a second though, sir, because you, you talked about cold and you talked about how, you started out with five minutes and then you built up from there. And that's an important point for anybody starting a new habit, but there's more to it. Who would have told you that that was the thing that you needed to dominate, that that was the thing that you needed to tackle next? Now, I'm a big believer that there's a voice that's inside of us that is kicking and saying, hey, this is the next thing. This is your next level of evolution. I would imagine there was something inside of you that was telling you that you needed to start tackling the cold. And so little by little, you went into the cold as a way to tackle it. But I don't think most people would, would say, oh yeah, that's the next thing that I've got to do, right? Um, how, did you, how did you decide that the cold was going to be the thing that you were going to tackle next? It goes back to understanding an area of weakness. So as a trainer, I always look for you know, if someone's not performing well, I need to look at some area that they're weak at and I need to enhance it and make it better. That, mm -hmm. Then they can perform. So a book I read entitled Dopamine Nation gave me the source code. Okay. And it, it analyzed, actually the research is that if you look at addiction, if you look at pain, if you look at um, suffering, higher level of pain, if you interject a low level of pain, it cuts off that higher level. So to give you a, 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 an example, if you're an hero, a heroin addict and someone gives you naloxone, that small dosage um, of the drug cuts off that higher level of addiction. If you, have a if you have a migraine and you do some acupuncture, that small level of short-term pain that's not gonna kill you cuts off that higher level of pain. Mm -hmm. So for me, 
I understood that from that in the nine months of the year that I excel, I run in the summer, I run at least 10 miles a day. I'm up outside adventuring on a mountain till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. I realized that when the season changed, fall, I became someone else. Mm. I became someone that did not live fully expressed. I was incongruent. So after reading Dopamine Nation, I realized that if I interject cold into my world, I would cut off that depression. I would cut off that um, that person that hibernated, that person that felt sorry for himself because he was cold and he didn't want to do anything, that I was depressed, that I was craving sugar, that I was craving salt, that I was like all of the negatives um, came into my life in three months because I didn't address my fear of the cold. Mm. So I touched the cold. I leaned into the cold and I became someone that no longer, um, I mean, I'm from, I'm from Africa. I'm from Sierra Leone, which is on the equator, but I've adopted the Viking mentality. I am going to attack the cold. I'm going to thrive in it. You ask me how I'm doing every day. I'm thriving. If you see me at seven o'clock, I've already worked out at five 30 outside. Yeah. I wake up on purpose. And if you, if you own a piece of what previously owned you, you no longer are impacted by that thing anymore. So I had to break the code and it's wow. made me a happier person. It's made me healthier. It's made me purposeful and it's made me redesigned. I'm quite literally redesigned at 50 years old. I'll be 50 in a month. I'm redesigned and I'm living my most excellent best life. Say that again. If you own a piece of what owned you, that, that, that is powerful. Listen, if you're renting space in a place that owns you, you're going to be paying dues all the time. Wow. But I broke the code and I bought the property. I bought the property in the code. And that means that I'm the owner. I'm the master of my fate, the master of my destiny. And no longer do I live by this principle that I'm not someone that lives for nine for 12 months out of the year. I'm someone that owns my own life. I dictate. I'm not impacted by anything else other than what's in my in my space, my three foot space that I can control. So no longer leasing with the option to buy. I own it in perpetuity. And that's my life. That is beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, that is just so powerful. If our listeners get nothing else but that, I mean, <laughs> that is so powerful. Well, sir, but I know we're coming up on our time. A few more questions that I want to just uh, throw at you real quick. I, you mentioned that you have listened to how many books uh, over the past uh, two, three months? 180, is that what you said? Oh, no. Oh, no, no. This is since June. Okay. I am up to, hold on, I'll, I have an app that tracks my book reading, and I'll tell you the exact number. So my, my thirst for knowledge is it's it's unsatiated i i can't i can't read enough i cannot um i can't get enough knowledge so 137 books in seven months 130 wow okay so uh give us two or three things that stand out the most what are what would you give to our listeners out of the 137 books that you've read what are the top two or three things that you you could pass along uh number one thing is you have controllables and uncontrollables in your life. Mm. So the only thing you can control are those controllables. So if you let go of the things that you can't control, you'll be fine. But we worry about things that have nothing to do with us. We worry about what people think of us. We worry about what we've done wrong. Don't worry about those. You worry about, you control your controllables, what you can impact right now. Let go of the past. Don't worry about the future. It's right now and being present. Um, the next aspect, and this is one of my favorite books, um, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning is a great, is one of the greatest books that every mindset coach from the Ryan Holidays to the Stephen Kotler's to Brene Brown's, they all go back to this. And Victor Frankl says that suffering ceases to be negative or suffering if there's meaning attached to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 
those people who have goals, say a triathlete, will work out for three to five hours a day because they have an end goal in mind. When you have an end goal, you're willing to put yourself through anything to make it happen. Yeah. So it's no longer suffering. And it's not suffering because your perspective is so finely tuned to the end goal. So when I go to play and it's 110 degrees outside, I don't care. I'm hydrated prior to it. I have my electrolytes with me. I have cold water with me in case I get overheated. It's not suffering because I have meaning to it. So Viktor Frankl, if, any, if, if you want to start your mindset change, read Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Beautiful. Great tips. Uh, Serba, as you have evolved over the years, what is something that you used to believe that you no longer do? So I probably questioned if I was lovable. Mm. And in this space, I don't care if I'm lovable anymore because I know I am. I don't have to question it. I know that I'm worthy of love because I give love. I lead with love without the expectation of return. So the mindset change that if I create the opportunity to spread love to people, I will receive love exponentially in so many forms, the agape form, which is just humanity, um, relationship, all of it. So I'm worthy of love because I lead with love. That's a beautiful perspective. I love how you say you, you don't necessarily even care because I don't care. That that's not the focus because now you're living from a space of love, which love is giving, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is beautiful. Yeah. Um, you know, evolution, uh, takes time and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, consistency. Uh, if you were to give our listeners one simple tip that you would like them to do over time, uh, so that they could push their evolution forward, what would it be? Ask your friends and family members, their top 10 books that they've read. Oh, yeah. That's a so, great tip. So I, I did that recently and it, it opened, opened up my eyes to, so a limiting belief that I had in the past was that I, I wasn't a good writer. So I met someone that's an author and we're going to co-write a book because okay. I asked him what his top 10 list of books that he read in the previous year. So when you ask someone, where do you get your knowledge? and you're an important person in my life, you now have an access to their soul. And they often, if they know you well enough, will recommend books that lead you down a pathway of discovery and evolution. That's a beautiful practice. Final question for you. Um, you know, over the years, there was this back and forth between you and Miles, uh, who was going to make this <laughs> shot from this point who was going to make the shot from the half court videos would go back and forth uh, who won miles will you tell the people what they need to hear <laughs> as tell he takes another sip what of they his need tea. to hear yeah 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 oh I, you I, left town I, miles you left town miles you left town as a loser i mean is that, <laughs> is that the case <laughs> no, that, that's not accurate at all. Okay, all right. oh, but I, I, I understand. I understand how you need to hold on to that narrative. That's fine. That's okay, fine. all right. All Hang right. on. Um, I was going to be a little bit more generous and say it is open ended until oh, one of us is in the there casket. Go. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I love the way you think, Miles. I love the way you think. So this I, is I not ended to... yet. This is See, not just ended. know that. Steve, I will strap on the inversion boots onto a bar and force Miles to make an, a shot, <laughs> hang it upside down. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I'll do it. I will do it. Next time we're uh, at the I gym, to... I want to see that. We got to do that. Um, I'll, 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 be the, uh, I'll, I'll be the videographer, Serba. Done, Steve. Yeah, I, when I saw that online, I was when I went on Facebook and saw it, I was pretty much like, yeah. I called my friend Jamie and said, because uh, I told him to look at it. And I said, uh, I said, we we, we got to figure some shit out, Jamie. Because yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where to go after that. Right, right. <laughs> remember, you remember That's how impressive. creative I am. So know that the bag is always full. 
Yes. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But but now here we go with a guy comes down and he shoots a jump shot. Yeah. Pretty simple and plain. And another guy comes down and does some whirling dervish between his legs and he dunks it. <laughs> it's just two points. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Now I Good will point. give you this because of the range of your shot, that would be three points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steph and I, we we cook in in different areas of the court. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that from where you're shooting that when you were upside down, that is definitely a three pointer, if not a five pointer, in my book. Thank you, yeah. thank you, Steve. I, yeah. yeah, I think Steph that Curry would say, you know what, I I got nothing on this guy for this one. Yeah, thank yeah, you. no thank doubt you. about that. <laughs> I love it. Well, and on that note, folks, it is time for us to wrap up another episode of the Evolve Podcast. We want to thank our guest, Serba Tucker, for joining us today and my co-host, oh, yeah. W. Miles Riley. Uh, Serba, what is the, you've got several uh, social media platforms where you share all of the creative stuff that you're doing. Where's the best place for people to find you? The, the place that's the jumping off is going to be my Serba Fit Instagram page. And from there, I load similar content to Facebook, to TikTok, to YouTube, but CerbaFit is the jumping off spot. Awesome. And we will link that in the uh, notes. Uh, so folks, if you, if you want to uh, go watch some amazing videos, get some creative ideas on how to, how to play in your workouts, not just work, but go out there and play, uh, check out those links. Uh, remember folks that it does take time and consistency to evolve, but first you have to disrupt. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. And evolve. Evolve. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Evolve Podcast. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. And if you haven't done so, please give us a rating. As an independent podcast, it really helps us get more reach. This podcast is part of our mission to help millions of people evolve into the best versions of themselves. Please check out our coaching services at evolve-cast.com or pick up some of our Evolve merch. Until next time, keep evolving.